0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Coming up in this edition of the TV Black Box, big changes coming to some of your favourite TV shows. Big changes coming to Prime and big changes for overseas content deals. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box.
3: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is TV Blackbox, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Well, we'll meet the panel
1: in just a moment, but it was during this week in television history... That saw the announcement of Jay Leno as the new permanent host of The Tonight Show. The show ran for over four and a half thousand episodes and that appointment caused no issues whatsoever.
3: (laughs) Everyone was happy about
1: it. All right, let's meet the panel. Please welcome to TV Blackbox, TV Blackbox contributor Aaron Ryan, magazine writer Philip Kosh, the viewers advocate Malk tv and radio presenter david robertson and actress sarah monaghan and sarah i have to say you look like you've got tv makeup on
0: i do because i went and uh had my interview with the current affair today which will be screened on thursday night so make sure you tune tune in.
1: oh we always we certainly will uh interesting you've done that interview that was one of the reasons you came to australia wasn't it
0: yeah the court case is uh the parole hearings on friday um, and since A Current Affair has always been part of the story, uh, we kept them part of the story. Um, so they interviewed me today about how I feel about, you know, beforehand about whether if he gets out or not, how I feel either way.
1: Interesting you mention A Current Affair because they were instrumental with you in getting this out. I, I remember the stories were coming, you were doing your interviews, and then the night... That Tracy was interviewing uh, Gary Riley, the producer of Hey Dad and the writer. And they talked about the person, and at this point, still wasn't named, still wasn't named. Mm-hmm. And then she dropped a bombshell and named him.
0: Yes, it was, it was, and it was a big deal. And uh, I was not the first person that mentioned him either, because it was actually one of the other victims they got on air that said the name, they let her go with it first. But yeah, it was a huge deal at the time um, that we actually named him.
1: Uh, genuinely, a moment that stopped Australian television and created so much news. And Sarah, to this day, I still, appa- I still applaud your bravery.
0: Oh, thanks. But yeah, ACA, because I mean, it started with uh, the very first person that broke it was um, Steve Jackson from Women's Day. Um, and then it went to a current affair and they've been with me the entire journey. And I think between them and, and us, all the girls, we've changed quite a few, at least two laws. Um, and this was way before me too. It was before yes. any of that stuff. And Tracy has held my hand the entire journey. She's always been with me. And I think if it wasn't for a current affair and Tracy, we probably never would have made court um Robert would never have been put in prison. Um so I thank them so much for always always being there with me.
1: And look, that's the power of journalism, that's the power of TV and this story shocked Australia. It changed the way we perceive TV stars and it got real change. Good on you, Sarah.
0: People hate like you know that we go to the media but sometimes you need that fourth estate to get yep, things done.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's get into it because on Saturday night, it was party time for Australia's election geeks with all three commercial networks and the ABC airing live coverage of the election counting. With the results coming through thick and fast, every political expert wanted to call the seat before the others. We were promised a screen of dreams, must-watch panels and in-depth analysis. While Albo walked away with the win, it was a no-go for anyone but the ABC. Ten failed to crack the top ten in the five-cap city metro, while seven and nine couldn't even clock over 400,000 for any of their various programming time slots. Only the ABC delivered strong ratings, taking out the top two spots in Saturday night's ratings with a combined metro audience of 44.3% for its ABC TV and ABC news channels. But while the numbers look great, what about the actual coverage? Many commentators levelled criticism at the ABC's weak analysis, while some thought the commercial networks offered little to please. Philip, you watched Saturday Night. I watched Saturday Night. I'll just throw my views out there and, and get your reaction because I did find the coverage not as good as previous years. The ABC seemed unwilling to call anything. Anthony Green seemed very hesitant As far as banter went, I ended up at nine. I've got to say, I kept switching back to nine. I quite liked the panel they had. Seven seemed to be giving the coalition at one stage a huge numbers, like in the 60s or something. And I remember there was a good 10 or 15 minutes period where they got rid of all their supers and all their counting because I think they were recalibrating everything. Outside of that, what did you think?
4: Well, I, w- I was trapped on Sky News because I had a, tech- a technology <laughs> issue with the dog and, t- and TV cords and I lost free to <laughs> TV just on the day of the election. So uh, it- I just treated it as a science experiment and, look, it was every bit as horrible as what I expected. Um, for hours they were talking about whether Morrison could form a minority government. And I'm like, hey, guys, just go online. You'll find that he can't. So (laughs) it was was really strange to watch. You know, they had obviously some extreme right-wing people on the panel. Uh, They had nothing but criticism for, you know, all the things you would expect. That said, it actually wasn't as bad as what I thought. It was just that it was very strange that they seemed to be clinging to this thought that the Liberals could win way, way past when they had lost. Um, That said, uh, I heard on the grapevine a lot of people saying they love Channel 9's coverage, in particular Julie Bishop um, Mm. being on their panel. Uh, She was great.
1: And what was interesting about her, Philip, was she wasn't shackled by her ties Mm. to the Liberal Party Mm. because she sort of got done over. Mm. She's still loyal to the party, but she was a little freer. And she was certainly talking about the women's vote in this election. She was making some really good points.
4: And, look, I I would have normally flicked between Nine and the ABC, and I know Barry Cassidy himself, the god himself, came out and criticised the ABC's coverage. So uh, from everything I've gleaned, it was certainly lacking. But, yeah, no, um, Sky wasn't probably the best venue to watch it.
3: Not at all. (laughs) Uh, I I doused myself in as much as I could get off all of them and, and had a good look around. It was largely fixed to the abc for you know the the bulk of it and and would flick around to see what others were doing particularly at, at key times the abc is damned if they do and damned if they don't like anthony green being uh conservative in his you know calling of seats and those sorts of things i think was completely reasonable because if he jumped up and said oh such and such has taken this seat and then all of a sudden as we saw in some of them they're coming down to less than 50 votes um he would have been absolutely, you know. Yeah, but uh, for example,
1: it was obvious Freidenberg had lost his seat. Anthony didn't want to call it. He even had a bar on the computer
3: calling it because mm-hmm. he was wo- Because I agree, justifiably, he was worried about backlash. Oh, and particularly when it's the liberal you know, the conservative politicians that are losing, given the current relationship that they have with the ABC, you don't need anyone else throwing call to bias. Generally speaking, all of the coverages were a complete shit show. Um, There were moments that were fine, and I think that it speaks volumes that former politicians being brought onto those panels are the loosest of units, and I think that that made for some great election night coverage. Um, what didn't you like about Nine or Sevens? I, I my, well, the screen of dreams honestly made it look like they put Anthony Green screen through a wash and it had shrunk about seventeen thousand <sighs> yeah. inches. If
1: you're gonna have if, a screen of dreams, considering the the nightly news has a bigger screen than what Mark dreams? Riley had,
3: yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean. Um, it, their budget's better than that. And the graphics, honestly, particularly 9 and 7, their devotion to these ludicrous, let's say farewell to such and such from their seats, seeing as now they don't have it. 7 Watt what, bursting a bubble, and Channel 9 had the most convoluted robot playing a ukulele, I smashing... I didn't mind it. <laughs> it, ju- it ju- I think it just cheapens. For all of the fun and games, it cheapens what is actually the end of some... For some people, their career um and yeah it, but that, it, that's politics and they made that point what do yeah, you think that, of 10s That's tens? politics but it's not let's make fun of it just on the way out by having a picture of them get smashed out of screen by a computer-generated <laughs> robot and ukulele mm, i well, don't it know sounds that's like, like i would have life. enjoyed that
1: 10s <laughs> um, <laughs> i had a bit of a look at 10s i can't say and it looked very cramped they were all squashed at the desk
3: yeah, it was had four of them at most of it at the time, and um, it, what was the name of the the Liberal um, uh, coalition uh, senator? I think it was it was on there. Holly, Holly Hughes, I think. Oh, I don't, Holly apologies, Hughes. I can't. She was not happy that Albo won. Let me tell you that um, when they crossed <laughs> yeah, but to that's her good. Again, well, <laughs> that's good, too, mate. Me. It, it did make for great TV because she just came across as quite upset about everything. <laughs> um, yeah, look, 10 had the smallest desk. 10 clearly had the smallest budget. Um, other than that, it was who has the biggest desk. It really was a desk-swinging night. Aaron, I know you watched it. What did you think? Thanks, Robo
5: Yeah, I, I started off with 7 because I was dying to know what the, the screen of Dreams was. and almost <laughs> worked. And it was a monitor. I mean, it was a monitor. I, I was expecting something... Majorly different, otherwise, I did flick around. I, you know, I thought everyone was pretty standard. There was a panel, they dissected the results, they interviewed politicians and so on. But I understand why the ABC gets gets the most um viewers because really, to watch election coverage, you have to be a certain kind of person, you know you you're really into your politics to sit there for for eight hours, and if you do want to watch it for eight hours, you want the most, I guess straight lace version would say not not a breakfast TV kind of format. So if you wanted the you know the hard election coverage, I suppose people would turn to the ABC.
1: Yeah, or you flick. Well, the Seven logo is officially going to go national with a rebrand in place for its regional assets Prime and GWN. The new services in those regional locations will transition to seven News in, in an effort to connect all viewers and customers nationally. It means the once Prime 7 and GWN 7 logos will simply become a Soul 7, the one that we all know and love. Aaron, you broke this story exclusively for TV Black Box. What more can you tell me about this rebranding?
5: Well, probably that you know it was a wise decision to fully rebrand rather than do a... You know, an NBN type scenario where everything is Channel Nine except for NBN News and sort of community type signposts and that. Um, so when the Commonwealth Games start, there'll be a hundred percent full integration of of the Seven brand. They've still got a couple of things to look through, um, like missing pro uh, missing channels, sorry, um, and the programming schedule, and of course, what's going to happen to Duper Dog and and Prime Possum. So I, I, I'd imagine they'd be on the way out, but um, I'll find out about that soon. I've Um, worn that prime possum suit. (laughs) 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 But I think these days, people in regional areas often just refer to them as Channel 7 now. I mean, that localization factor disappeared years ago. I mean, it's a copy of the Mm. Metro, apart from, you know, the 30-minute news bulletins in some areas, so... Yeah, um, but the only thing to remember is, you know, Seven are saying, well, they're national now. But do remember, Prime didn't cover three major areas, which are Tasmania, the Northern Territory, and most of regional South Australia. So they still need to purchase markets from Southern Cross to be truly national. But, yeah, branding-wise, they will be Channel 7 uh, in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, look, it's interesting. My first job was at Prime in Wollongong and then Canberra back in in <clears throat> 1993. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it's it funny you talk 10. about having to make the NBN versions of all the promos because my very first job was in promos and what we would do, we would get the feed of the Channel 7 promos and there would be the promo and a base, And so you would use all the Channel 7 promo and then right at the end it would go 7.30 tonight on 7. But we would have to change it to 7.30 tonight on On Prime, because we had all these different takes from the same voiceover guy saying, On Prime, On Prime, On Prime, On Prime, On Prime. (laughs) And you would have to try and match the voiceover, the closest one you could get, to the way the seven voiceover guy (laughs) had read it for the seven promo and then add the On Prime tag. It was not an exact science, especially when they threw... Seven references in the middle of a promo. It was all fun and games. But I will miss the old Prime branding. I ended up with lots of jumpers from Prime TV back in the day. And uh yeah, I have fond memories of
2: Were those promos at Prime. cut on film, Rob? <laughs> you <a different> <laughs> one inch. One inch. I was, <laughs> inch. I was gonna joke <laughs> about one inch. Yes. They were
1: they were actually cut on one inch. And beautiful. The worst thing I ever did when I was on work experience or an internship at Prime, the first week. They taught me to do tapes. The tape lady was away. I was threading the one-inch machines. I was recording the commercial feeds. They taught me how to bulk erase the one-inch tapes, and I accidentally recorded uh, bulk erased an entire promo feed. So Prime had to pay a fair whack of money to get that satellite link opened up and get a whole refeed of the primos. And they still gave me a job. (laughs) Yeah. On Prime. Anyway. Sad times, but it makes sense in this day and age. All right, the peacock is on the strut, and it seems everyone wants a piece. US film and studio giant NBC Universal is looking to sell its wares locally beyond any current deals in place when they finish up at the end of the year. NBCU has a massive catalogue of hits with shows including The Office, 30 Rock, and Downton Abbey. The SMH is reporting at least two local players, Foxtel and Seven, have already made offers but Nine could also be a contender. But will they be able to satisfy the peacock's hunger? It's reported they're looking for upwards of $300 million for the deal. Robbo, it's hard to get content from the US now with all these streaming services going global and penetrating our local market. This is a deal people will want. If they're not going to launch a local streaming service, everyone's going to jump on this, but I would imagine Stan would be keenest of all because it needs content for its platform.
2: Yeah, but that's the worry, isn't it, Rob? So they've said that uh, they would give their content to Australia, but then uh, if they decide to bring Peacock down here, they've got six months and then that's it, and they're going to rip up the deal and they'll uh, they'll launch their own streaming site. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think St- uh, Stan would benefit the most. They've got a lot of their... A lot of their content up there at the moment as well, but three hundred million dollars shouldn't it be means tested? Like we can't afford that kind of money. It should be kind of what do you earn, what do you make? All right, we'll see if we should, you know you know charge them five million dollars or something like that. But I just don't, I, I don't know how that we then, especially freeware broadcasters, compete in a market where those kind of numbers are being thrown around. I don't, I don't know how that happens anymore. Um, and surely that number would have to come down for the local Australian market.
0: Maybe we'll have to actually make our own TV shows again.
2: Ooh, no, yeah. That's too
3: expensive, Sarah. Um, yeah. As we can <laughs> see by the $300, $300 million price tag. But, but we it's...
1: are making our own shows, aren't we, Malk? We are. On, on free-to-air TV, we're making our own shows, but we've got digital channels, beside multi-channels to service, plus the streaming services like Stan, plus our catch-up services like Seven Plus and um, and, and Nine Now
3: we are i don't know that we're making them in the volume certainly not in the quality that we used to mm-hmm. uh you're right some of that content is going straight to a streamer or being built for a streamer in its first instance so look by sheer numbers we actually probably are making more than we used to um the problem is that it's you know gated behind paywall here or service subscription service b over there um I, I think the, the reality is that for NBC Universal, who come with an extensive library, um, this is a streamer's dream. I think it's highly unlikely that we will see Peacock launch in Australia. Um, Seven would be absolutely crazy not to get it, whether they bulk up Seven Plus or they decide to finally engage in or develop their own streamer, um, because that's the missing piece of the puzzle for them.
2: Well, they tried that though, didn't they, with Presto? And oh, Presto God it just bless didn't Presto. work.
3: Yeah, but there was many 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 reasons why Presto was never going to work.
2: Could it work now though, do you think in such a
3: not in a you know, in a strong market? Not in a too situation. I think you have to do your own standalone situation.
1: Mm. Hey, before we move on, I just have to go back to this because apparently it turns out there was some commentary about when i started in the tv industry i've just seen our side chat and (laughs) when i mentioned i started at prime in 1993 (laughs) our producer abby said two years before i was born Malk said two years before most people were born and then Sarah Monaghan says I lost my virginity in 1993 Sarah, I still hadn't No, I'm
3: joking (laughs) (laughs) But when Sarah says she lost it she meant she put it down and couldn't find where she left it
0: No, that's not what I meant (laughs) It was in a Porsche, by the way
1: Oh, hello You certainly go out in style, don't you? Yeah, in a third world country
0: Yeah Oh, president's what? grandson. How do I Sorry. segue
1: to the next story? I Wait, do it the like president's this. grandson.
0: Well, he was an ex-president. No, in Honduras, it was an ex-president, but the the airport was named after him.
1: Bong. So hang on, hang on. Can we get this? His clear? name is Bong. Some guy took you to an airport named after his grandfather. To no, no. The take airport was in
0: another city. The airport was in, no. His grandfather had been the last honest president he was very famous the airport was named after him and i dated the grandson and that's where i lost my virginity to
1: welcome to the tv black box <laughs> casting couch tonight we're finding out how sarah <laughs> lost her virginity details coming up include no i'm not gonna go uh, this is, this so is no longer jokes. a safe place i think the, i think the
5: segue <laughs> is after sarah's major, major shake-up in the back of a porch there's another major, major shake-up on the mass singer Oh, Aaron, Ryan, because
1: Aaron, Aaron is right, because with a new season of The Masked Singer around the corner, it isn't only the identity of the performers that have people guessing, Half of the judging panel for the past two seasons have announced their departure, with no replacements yet made public. Earlier this month, comedian Ursula, Ursula Carson told The Kyle and Jackie O Show she'll be focusing on her comedy tour instead, and now, the Herald's done, and now The Herald Sun has broken the news that Danny Minogue will be a no-show due to her fashion commitments in the UK. All right, Sarah, you're in Australia. Are they about to shoot The Masked Singer? Are you in
0: it? Are you a judge or are you a contestant? I totally want to be in it. I can't believe people are turning this down. Like I said, like three years ago, like when Lindsay couldn't show up, I will totally take her place. Like I think that this would be the funnest gig, and I don't understand why people aren't doing it. But Channel Ten, like I will happily come back. I will be. I would. I, I can't sing for shit. Um, that doesn't stop. People. <laughs> no, mum used to turn the radio up when I sang to drown me out. But <laughs> so, um, but no, I think that being one of the like the judges would be like the funnest thing in the world. Oh, so really call would. me. I'm I have to ask
1: a question though. Yeah. Do we think Phil these judges have left or they were flicked? Because it's at the point where the master singer probably needs a bit of a refresh. Now I thought. I thought I'd originally read something that Danny Minogue was going to the UK to do the X Factor or something, and I went, oh, yeah, sure, that makes sense, you know, like it's a bigger gig, fair enough. But I just want to go back to this, and she's going to focus on her fashion commitments.
4: Bullshit! I think she does earn quite a bit of money out of fashion. I've read something about that before. She
1: can't put the fashion commitments off for a month?
4: Look, the, these high fashion photographers are quite expensive. <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> um, uh, look, I think Danny's a, was a real asset to the show. She uh, actually completely
1: agree. You know,
4: she actually completely put agree. some thought into it, and she guessed correctly. Unlike pretty much all the other judges, um, Ursula is great on Have you been paying attention? But I thought she was a disaster on the show. Yeah. In fact, I think she, ac- she really couldn't even summon up enthusiasm herself. She was a bit like you know, she just wasn't. Interested. That's how it came across to me.
1: Oh, Aaron has some breaking news. No. Aaron, you have some news on this.
5: Well, no, I, I just read reports that she was unavailable because she's hosting like a, a gay version of The Bachelor. It's not actually The Bachelor, but whatever is they it call it. The call Grinder. It. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. But and I thought Danny, Danny or Ursula. Ah, uh, Danny. I was talking now, about see, Danny. That
1: makes sense. If she's going to do that, I retract my bullshit comment. But based on the reporting that she's doing fashion. I I don't buy that at all. She can't say she's she's going to
3: do this other thing if it hasn't been announced yet, McKnight, right? She's got to make up some gardening Mm. leave excuse in the interim. Okay, I can cop that.
4: But she's actually been pretty brilliant about bouncing between reality shows in the UK and Australia.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot more money to be made in the UK, so you can't blame her for that. I am officially retracting a statement. It doesn't happen often.
5: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's called it, It's called. I Kissed a Boy, a brand-new dating show produced by 24 and hosted by singer-TV star ally Danny Minogue. And fashion mogul. You need to add that in. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, well, I'm glad we cleared that up because there's more shake-ups in the world of Channel 10 programming because hold on to your hats, ladies and gay men. Network 10 has announced there's not one, not two, but three bachelors on the hunt this year. There's a pro basketballer, a restaurant manager and a fitness icon and drummer. According to Osher, it's a world first to have three blokes giving out the roses. Sarah-
0: I love been, this idea. Love there's, been a, it. there's been a
1: bit of negativity towards this. I actually think it's a great idea. It's
0: brilliant because I am so tired of having one dude and, like, 20-something women all fighting over a guy that if they met in a bar, they probably would have no interest in. But the only reason they're fighting over him is because he's the prize on TV. So if there's actually three dudes, there's some do I like that guy? Do I like this guy? And it's not just a, I want him because yeah. this is the thing. It's You have to actually think about which one do you like. And it's also great because the guys don't receive all of the attention and aren't getting, like, everything and, you know, getting this swole head from having every single girl want them. They have to be like, oh, wait, I like her, but she doesn't like me. She likes the other guy. Yeah. I think it's brilliant.
3: I'll have to no. cry myself to sleep with the 17 girls that like me.
1: <laughs> and it could also lead, Sarah, to two bachelors liking the same... Girl, or, or yeah, play. there's
0: conflict. It, it's yeah. gonna be like drama. I think it's a I think it's a fantastic new like concept. I love this idea. I might actually watch The Bachelor for the first time.
3: Malk, you're shaking your head. I am one of the people yeah, I am one of the people that uh is criticizing the idea. Uh no, my colour's to the my, my colours to the mast early, and that is this is a bad idea. It reeks, reeks of desperation as the brand. Has just fallen in the toilet over the past few years to try and resuscitate some interest in it. It's also, I think, a bad idea for Ten because it makes them look uber desperate. But they to, are. To this g-
1: brand was dead. If it doesn't work this year, they lose a Mate, major it was franchise. Three
3: years ago, I, I like, agree. Just throwing three guys at it to say this will spice things up. I but actually Bob, reckon they opened the cupboard and there were cobwebs. They had nothing <laughs> to replace it. But the, this is this is our challenge, right? We love them, we want to see them succeed. This is not going to help them succeed.
1: Robo, one of the criticisms came from Angie Kent, who was upset that there was a lack of diversity with the three men chosen, that they were all cis people. Now I had I've heard this term cis, cis around quite a bit, and I had to Google it today.
0: How, really, <laughs> Rob, how did You're that go? old, Rob.
1: Uh, well. It was interesting because I always thought it was a it was an insult but it, it 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 just means you identify with the gender you were born with and I don't know why that's such a bad thing that people are throwing uh, oh, you're so cis. Well, I'm because
3: sorry. No one's saying that you're so cis. It's more the yep. acknowledgement that you can be a separate gender sexually to the gender that of the. Yeah, the but why bits do you, that you
1: have. Why does it need mentioning? Why need to say three cis males? I, I don't understand. I think the that, suggestion
4: but, is that they thought there should be a trans bachelor, a non-white bachelor, a gay bachelor,
3: all, all right. thrown into the mix. Bisexual can bachelor. We,
1: can we actually just talk seriously for a moment, okay? Because Let's put progressive agendas to the side and talk about the business of TV, all right? The simple fact is there was diversity last year with The Bachelor and Bachelorette. It did nothing for the ratings. So you're an executive. What do you do, Philip? Do you try the diversity roll of the dice again? Or do you try a tack like this with, yes, white men? And I understand the problems with that. I just don't know why we need to term it in such things as cis. But the simple fact is if you're trying to get a broad audience and you've tried diversity and it didn't work, what are you going to do?
4: Well, you're not going to try it again, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I think, the you know, it's not, it's not an old story. The loudest voices are always on the internet and they're usually, you know, more progressive or radical than most of the people watching those TV shows. Mm. Um, you know, when I was in magazines, we loved The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because it sold a dream. It sold a fairy tale. Yes, it's cheesy and it's bullshit and we all know all of it's fake, blah, blah, blah. But well, it's
3: not real. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but it did sell a fairy tale, and that was whatever version of a man falling in love with a woman was, and that's that does represent the bulk of the community and the bulk of people watching free-to-air TV. So I I think you have to go conservative and traditional. That said, I'm not sure that Three Bachelors, I, I figure that might actually work, or at least Spike the curiosity level for a minute.
2: Robbo, are you in? No, I'm not in at all. I think this is three times the boring, three times (laughs) the same, same. We've had it all before. What I want to see is a Bachelor... From the western suburbs. I want to see a bachelor with a dad's bod. I want to see a bachelor that's named Kevin or Mick or something real like that. <laughs> Plugger. That that's would be Farmer a Wants a mass- Wife. No, I know it's Farmer but even Farmer Wants a Wife is still, you know, the chiselled kind of basic kind of people that we're yeah, seeing now.
1: Robbo's talking about the bogan instead of the bachelor. Yes. I think that all works except for the dad bod. You still need a bit of eye candy. But he rolls up in his ute and instead of roses, he gives, a, I don't know, a thong. A I pack of wind <laughs> blues. <laughs> we could have no, the, the same,
2: same, we, we the same the show, or. but would we'll just be with real people. And I think that would be a massive change that would get far more people interested in the in the franchise than just having three of the same again. Three models. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: I'll buy that. All right. If you've ever wanted to know what a TV star gets paid for appearances and sponsorships, all it took was a nasty court battle to find out. As the embezzlement case between Guy Sebastian and former manager Titus Day continues, the curtain has been drawn on some of the eye-watering figures these celebrities make included in the list for the coach on The Voice was a $140,000 in-kind deal with Toyota, a $200,000 mixed cash and in-kind deal with Bose, and $60,000 for a performance at the Big Bash, which Sebastian disputes, saying he believes it was likely more because it was on a public holiday. (laughs) 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 That
4: was funny. Phil
1: I don't do public holidays for less than $60,000.
4: <laughs>
0: Was he serving beer? Like,
4: <laughs> Well, I, I did get triple time when I worked at Luna Park as a kid on public holidays, but <laughs> right probably so, a Phil. different but, thing.
1: But, Phil, you've done a lot of stories, I would guess. You've done a lot of stories about what TV stars earn. We love knowing this stuff.
4: Look, we do. We do because they get paid a Fucking fortune, let's be honest. And um, none of us do, probably. I'm just speaking for myself. But, you know, <laughs> 200 grand to show up and sing a few songs, I don't know, it doesn't seem that hard to me, whatever. Um, uh,
1: well, it takes talent.
4: Uh, I I particularly <laughs> love the fact that Guy said that he, he didn't understand that he was expected to – give a percentage of his contract to his
3: manager. I know. <laughs> what a load of bullshit.
4: See, whenever I was given something free of work, the, the boss always took her share of the contract. Apologies if uh, you're And he listening. seemed so
1: nice. <laughs> <Button>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but But that, that, that would be literally, you know, a, a couple of cupcakes sent into the office. It wasn't a $300,000 check. Uh, I think... I don't know whether it's a turn off or it makes a guy look glamorous that he gets paid so much money, you know just doing a quick add up you know he can earn five or six hundred thousand dollars in a month
3: that's a lot it's of money. pretty great it's amazing. It? My only concern and it's not outlined uh in this if those fees that Guy Sebastian gets are they just his fee or is that? guy and his band's fee that he then has to dish out to his, um, you know, the people, guitarist, bass player, drummer, singers that that perform with him.
1: I think that um, would just be his fees because they're breaking it down as what he gets from I understand the control ones, comes, yes,
3: but, but just unsure about mm. the the performances. That said, even still, $60,000 split between six people is still a buttload of money and there's no way they were going sixths in that to you know the drummer gets 10 grand and guy gets 10 grand mm. to be honest um,
1: i would i would guess that that was sebastian's figure by himself 60 grand yeah I think yeah. that would be oh, his appearance. Super
3: right? likely, and holy crap, kids! Stay in school or get out and win a straight. No, title. get out of They're school, favorite. go to a singing teacher. They're your options. And they, these deals the are
4: always <laughs> done. The manager gets a cut of that percentage, not on twenty percent, which happens in I'm, America sometimes.
3: Absolutely with you, Philip. Too absolutely gobsmacked that he thought he didn't owe his manager anything for contra deals. What a load of rubbish! Yeah, well,
4: we're not talking a slab of beer. You're talking like a hundred fifty thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars
3: for bows. <Bose. laughs> If I was his manager, I want my 40 grand. I want to be his manager.
1: <laughs> hey, Robbo, you used to get these kind of deals when you were on Studio mm. 10.
2: <laughs> How does the other yeah. half of Oh, it's just the amazing. ABC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the payments. I, 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 I'd show you around the house, but it's just too big. It would take too long. Well,. <laughs>
1: <God. laughs> Alright, a big change of pace now because it was a sad week for TV lovers this week with the passing of journalist Caroline Jones and presenter Erin Jane Plummer. Caroline Jones is best known for her work at the ABC On Four Corners, An Australian Story and The Search for Meaning on Radio National. In 2013, she received a Walkley Award for Outstanding Contribution to Journalism. Erin Jane Plummer was a presenter for Aerobics Oz Style for six years and most recently is known for hosting advertorials on Studio 10 and TVSN. The sad news was announced by host Sarah Harris and Angela Bishop. Erin was 42 years old and leaves behind her husband and three daughters. Um, Robbo, I'm sure you ran into Erin Jane uh, in the hallways at Studio 10 when she was filming advertorials. I worked with her at the morning show and Studio 10. Uh, I was doing advertorials at the at the morning show at one point, And she was amazing. She was just fantastic and Always fun to be around, great smile, professional attitude. I was genuinely shocked when I heard this news.
2: Me too. And this woman had no ego. There there, there are some avatorial people who, who have an ego, but this woman was lovely. Whenever you saw her hmm. in makeup or in the hallway or in the studio, just really, really sweet. I was shocked. She was only 42, as you mentioned yeah. there, Rob.
1: When I got that uh, message on the weekend, yeah. um, it, it, it was just one of those ones you go, what?
2: Yeah, it can't be true. This this must be a, a joke or something or a mistake. But um, Just a really lovely, lovely lady, and she leaves behind a, a young family. It's very, very sad, really, really sad.
1: One other thing, Robbo, is that the stories around her death have been huge traffic drivers for the news websites. I got told it's one of the biggest stories out there at the moment, And a lot of that is because of Aerobics Oz style, which she obviously was on and a big part of. And that's why you're seeing even today there were follow-up stories because I think TV executives wouldn't have known how big this lady was. And yet when she dies, so many people are reading about her because they all fondly remember her from her days at Aerobics Oz style. People forget how much of an impact that show had.
2: That It was an absolutely huge show. I think the other thing is, because uh, she did work across all networks, she's one of those faces that you would have seen in the background uh, of, you mm. know, in the lounge room or in the office or anything like that. I think that will also spur people to try and find out what happened because you see this face come up and you see death at 42 and you're going to click on that because you're going mm. to want to find out. How do I know this lady? Oh, my God, she was on Aerobics All Style. Oh, where, where else do I know her? Oh, yes, on the morning shows. And 42, it, it's... Unfortunately, it's got all the all the hallmarks of good clickbait for that, um, which this is a completely different conversation to have, which is sad. But uh, that would be the thing. It'll be this face that we've seen a million times before and just can't put it down as to why we know it. So we'll yeah. click on it.
1: And Mark, Caroline Jones, what a trailblazer.
3: I absolutely incredible Rob. I mean at at one point when Carolyn Jones uh was given the the role to host uh four corners national media headlines the girl that would host four corners like <laughs> She she was a woman, an accomplished journalist, the girl. My goodness gracious. Um, Caroline made absolutely no secret of her desire to support and encourage women in media across the nation. Uh, And I think uh, testament to the fact that she did that and absolutely cared and engaged in a whole bunch of women's careers was Catherine Murphy's, um, uh, you know, kind of glorious and very sad anecdote. She read out the last email that Caroline Jones sent to her. Uh, uh, just, you know, sort of a, only a few weeks ago and it it was beautiful and caring and absolutely fiery right to the end and and Murfuru could barely hold back the tears. Caroline Jones made a real impact. She was the front of Australian story for years um, and has just done a phenomenal job in both being in front of the camera, long past what many execs would have considered her use by date, uh, as well as encouraging other... Uh, ladies in journalism to just push on and do their absolute best, and many of them now look to her um, as a mentor. Lost,
1: mm. Philip, you're actually writing the tribute for uh, Carolyn in the in New Idea, a woman's
4: New Idea day. in this instance. New Idea. Well, um, um it,
1: what were you a big fan of hers?
4: Oh, look, I was, and I think we all knew that beautiful voice, you know, either mm. New from Radio or Australian Story or if we go back Four Corners. Uh, you know, I came across some gems today, a bit like Molka's reading about what a different time it was when she mm. uh, took over Four Corners. Um, you know, there were all sorts of very big media stories about her hairstyles, her fashion mm. Her sex appeal. (laughs) Uh, And apparently she used to absolutely be appalled by these, but in later years found them pretty funny because, well, obviously she became a legend. Uh, Lisa Wilkinson tweeted that she was the gold standard for a journalist. Quinton Dempster um, talked about how she helped in some senses shape our cultural identity through Australian Mm. stories and telling stories of you know, real-life heroes and all those people that Australian Story gets over the years. Uh, she's a huge loss, and and as you know from working in, in media, there are some people that are great mentors and really look after the young ones coming up, and there are others who couldn't give a shit. Well, she yeah. always gave a shit, and she went out of her way to help people, particularly women. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really sad that the, the world has lost Carolyn Jones.
1: What a great note to leave that on. Thank you. And we'll read your story and new idea. I look forward to that. Still to come on TV Black Box, we'll bring you the latest on the ratings race as ABC News Breakfast has a rare win over today and Sunrise. Conan O'Brien gets a new deal worth $150 million. And we'll find out what everyone's been watching when we open the TV Binge Box.
0: And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. After many previous attempts, Andrew O'Keefe has finally been granted bail. The former game show host has been in custody over a series of charges, including assault. The bail was only granted on the condition that O'Keefe checks into a rehab and remains there for up to a year. And just like that, after four years, Craig McLaughlin has dropped his defamation case against the ABC and the Sydney Morning Herald. The actor says the strain of the case has been overwhelming. The former Navers star has been accused of assaulting four women on the set of the Rocky Horror Show musical in 2014, but was cleared of any wrongdoing in 2020. Quinn and Prime are all in the ACMA's bad books. The regulator has found both broadcasters breached impartiality laws when they aired reports that pushed for law reform regarding regional media. Both broadcasts encourage viewers to sign an online petition to help the cause. Wynn and Prime have agreed to give updated training to all staff. And you just can't keep a good ginger down. Conan O'Brien has just signed a deal with Sirius XM worth $150 million. This will see his popular podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, plus future projects broadcast on the satellite radio network. If you sell this show, do we get a piece of that?
1: I tell you what, I will sell TV Black Box the podcast for half that price. Of
0: course, <laughs> I will also be Conan O'Brien's friend for a million bucks a year. year. <laughs> and, and if we if we sold
1: the TV Black Box podcast for $75 million, you would all get five dollars each. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. To the ratings race now. The usual pattern happened again this week with Team Red out in front on 28.2. Team Blue was on 26.3. The ABC stormed ahead to third due to election coverage. They got 21.6. 10 was back on 15.8 and SBS 8.2. In primary shares, seven just scraped over the line at 18.9 with nine on 18.7, ABC 14.6, 10 still in fourth on 10.6 and SBS 4.7. The top two multi-channels again belong to 7.2 and Seven Mate. 7 News beat 9 News and Sunrise beat Today. Interestingly though, in the wash-up of the election coverage on Monday, News Breakfast beat Sunrise and Today. The final tallies were News Breakfast on 223,000, Sunrise 221,000, Today 192,000. Nine returned Celebrity Apprentice Australia to the lineup on Sunday night, where it drew just 404,000 and then dropped again on Monday night to 376. However, like Big Brother, the real test will be seeing the total TV figures, where Big Brother has seen an audience jump of around 50%. Australian Story and 7.30 beat all the major offerings on Monday night, but their total TV increases were less than half of their commercial rivals, which makes sense because news t- news shows don't do as well in catch-up. It might have been 2,000 viewers, but the news breakfast win against Sunrise and today can't be overlooked. Malt, that's a phenomenal result for ABC, isn't it?
3: And reflective. Absolutely it is, Rob and reflective of the performance on Saturday night that we spoke about at the top of the podcast. What it has only reinforced um, that we've seen over the past couple of years, but absolutely now, when the nation want to know, they turn to the ABC. Um, Which is a problem
1: for Nine because Nine was taking that mantle, especially um, in the early teens. Mm. Nine was... The place people were turning to for news and they were giving ABC a challenge and even traditionally before that, before they had their stumbles in the noughties. But the fact is, ABC, you quite rightly say, have that mantle now.
3: And and it's uh, look one that they frankly deserve. And I look forward to under the change of government funding to help them increase and improve that opportunity. Um, commercial news is in a pickle, a big largely. Nine and seven are wrestling for it every night, every night uh and uh <laughs> for the last few months the highest rating programs um yes. not just consistently always um so for which news yeah,
1: all, we should explain news always does well but yes. when you've got a big show like MAPS, an entertainment show that will beat it but the fact is none of the entertainment offerings are beating 7 news none. and 9 news
3: for the for the last couple of months and, yeah. and to their kind of i'm sure concern both 7 and 9 have seen their lead shrink where they haven't been above a million more than a handful Mm. of times in that. And normally they would be.
1: Now that's the real indicator because they always used to get over a million.
3: Yeah. Nine are in a pickle anyway because Celebrity Apprentice is in the toilet, which is such a shame. I love that show. It's stupid. It's fun. But it is just like MasterChef killed both it and Big Brother on Monday night. Um, And that is something I didn't expect to be saying this far into the MasterChef marathon.
1: Especially the way it started. Aaron, I don't know what it is. I feel like Celebrity MasterChef doesn't get the kind of promotion that gets me excited about it you know I, I don't know what it is but you always know math's coming you always know lego masters is coming everyone's talking about it celebrity ma- uh, celebrity apprentice just sort of pops up on the screen that's how it feels
5: yeah um, and it's interesting though that masterchef now is kind of dominating <laughs> at 7 30 p.m in the overnights now um you know against the commercial networks um and and getting a 20 percent uplift But Big uh, Brother's a different proposition for Seven, isn't it?
1: Because we know the younger audience does a lot of catch-up and on-demand.
5: Yeah, that's right. So Big Brother's getting, you know, a 50% jump in total TV. Look, I don't think Celebrity Apprentice, I don't agree with Mog, it may not be a disaster. We'll be looking at the total TV figures for next week. I mean, we just have to keep remembering we're in a whole different era now. Every year there is a new streamer coming out. There is more viewing choices, more viewing choices. So television... Uh, Free-to-air television is evolving and it is declining, but there is going to be a new baseline for what is successful and what is not. Gone are the days, apart from maths, okay, the maths is the exception to the rule, no show is going to rate over, a normal 10 poll is not going to rate over 1 million viewers anymore in overnights, that's gone. OK, yeah. the voice may be, you know, exception, there 700, 750,000 viewers. But we're going to be talking about when Farmer Wants a Wife comes out, when Ninja Warrior comes out, when, when The Bachelor comes out, it's going to be 400,000. It's going to be 500,000 viewers. So if we're yeah. going to keep saying every show is a bloody disaster because it's no, getting.
1: I, I agree. We need to draw today. We draw the line in the sand and we're not going to talk about where ratings used to be. Judge Rob has put his verdict down. <laughs> yeah. so we just have to accept TV shows are where they are, and that yeah. is that is. So
5: sometimes works. just comparing them with each other. So obviously if one show comes out and it's seven hundred thousand and another show comes out and it's five hundred thousand, another one comes out and it's two hundred and fifty thousand, well then you could say the two hundred and fifty thousand, unless it's a huge catch up, is didn't didn't rate well. But if every show's rating somewhere between four hundred and five fifty. I mean, mm. I, I noticed in, you know, like as another example in, in Mog's ratings report this this morning, million dollar murders premieres to two hundred and two thousand viewers. And Mog says it's a it's a reasonable audience. Um yet would I lie to you, which was getting over three hundred thousand, um, uh, was tanking. And like FBI Most Wanted last night had a, had a bigger audience than million dollar murders on channel ten, yet it was deemed to be a small number of viewers. So All I right, mean We've entered
1: the ring. Round one, retort.
3: I think that ratings... I've got a sound effect for everything. (laughs) It's just the same sound effect. I know, it's the two. (laughs) I think that ratings are far more nuanced than we're going to be allowed to discuss here. Um, Yes, I agree. Numbers are shrinking. Yes, I agree. What is a success is different this year to last year. The prime example, if we want to take even just Sunday night, Celebrity Apprentice premiered to 400 and something thousand it was 47 percent down on last year's premiere that pulled 740 something thousand viewers um so
1: is that the kind of analysis you're using in your ratings post because you you know aaron makes the point one show that did a little bit more was determined by you to not be a success but another one that did lower is are you basing that on the competition
3: yep what what's your thinking well, it has to be based on the things that it's up against in the time slot. For Million Dollar Murders to do reasonable at 200-odd thousand viewers, it's up against have you been paying attention, which absolutely spanked almost everything else. Um, so, you know, to come second at, in, at, with 200,000 viewers up against something that's pulling 600,000 viewers at 9 o'clock at night, that's not bad. Um, it's not great, but it's not bad. At 7.30, it's a whole different ball game you know it is it is you can't compare what comes in post that primetime slot with something that runs at primetime so it's it's a little bit all over the shop the 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 challenge i think that we need to consider is that if above 400,000 is deemed to be okay then both celebrity apprentice and big brother tanked
5: on monday night cuz they both came in at under 400k yeah but that's that's obviously determining that four hundred thousand is is tanking so if everyone's getting four hundred oh, no, no, thousand that, that was the number that you said just before yeah no, but I'm saying but four hundred thousand if everyone's getting 400 to five hundred thousand then that's an average audience isn't it if it gets two hundred thousand, then that might be tanking why are we saying that 400 or five hundred thousand is tanking based on what because other shows three years ago used to rate no, 1.2 million no, he's saying
1: that based on what Audiences, what, what shows are getting right now. But guys, sorry, I have to interrupt because this is an unusual situation. Sarah would like to take <laughs> part in the ratings <laughs> discussion. She's put her hand up. Sarah Monahan, what do you want to say?
0: So fun fact, because I'm in Australia, I could actually read the reviews for our shows. And it's about time we did one of our mean tweet things again. Um, but people were saying that we argue way too much. And I agree. So let's all simmer no, down and be nice to each year. other. And move that was last year. We stopped on. doing that. It's all peace mm-hmm. and mung beans. We've gone woke. I see that right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You'll never go woke, Rob McNaught. Not for a second. Don't believe it.
0: <laughs> so Everybody, I'm- play nice.
5: No, I I just comments? add the only thing that, that I say is ju- it's just that because shows for the rest of the year, we'll we'll see Ninja Warrior probably get, you know, four hundred and fifty thousand, Farmer wants a wife the same. We're gonna spend this podcast saying that every show's tanking, every show free to wear's dying on every single podcast. And it's just well, we getting, just
1: we just put a line in that. You know, so, it's getting boring. But but I do think if 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 two shows are getting above four hundred thousand and one's getting below, then maybe that third one isn't doing so great. And I should have known better. Sarah Monahan never wanted to talk writing, so I should have known that she didn't have a point to make. All right, it. it's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Sarah Monaghan, you've been in the country. Let's go straight to you. What have you been watching?
0: So I actually did watch all the morning shows this morning. I flicked through um, and uh, we watched 7, 9 and 10. Um, and my husband's like, why are they still doing commercials, like live commercials? Because, <laughs> like, they just don't do that in America. And he was like, this is, like, so 1950s. Advertorials
1: um, are really an Australian-only thing in many ways. It, it's not what morning shows do in other countries.
0: No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> and then last night uh, my brother, of all people, wanted to watch the new season of The Kardashians. And I feel like that's an hour and 600 brain cells I will never recover. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> that was just awful and then so before we left the u.s um we were desperately trying to finish ozark and we're down to three episodes left so no spoilers um that we're almost done and then on the plane on the way over i actually managed to sleep the majority of the flight but i did watch house of gucci um with lady gaga and shane the documentary because we were on qantas and so they had shane and that was i'm so glad that he got to be a part of that and, like, saw that people loved him before he died because too often we do those shows after people have died, and mm. I thought that that was really nice. And Every time
1: I hear the brand Gucci, I can't help but think of Gucci, Gucci, goo. <laughs> Philip, what have you been watching? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I have had an interesting week because I haven't had to Air, and I know I'm, I'm normally the first one to say to Air will be dead in 10 or 20 years' time. I no longer believe that because I really, really, really miss to Air.
1: You've been stuck on Sky After Dark, have you? <laughs>
4: well, there are a few other streaming services I've been able to watch. But, yeah, look, you do. You really miss the the Australian voices, you know. I, I, I've just found the whole thing a bit discombobulating. But that said, it's made me reach into the archive and I decided to watch a show I've been meaning to watch for years called Sons of Anarchy, and I don't really know how I didn't watch this in 2008 when it came out. It's, uh, I'm sure you all know, it's based on an outlaw motorcycle club in California. Katie Segal from, who uh, was Peggy Bundy, of course, in Married with Children, Ron Perlman, um, Charlie hunan he- he- I can never say his name. He's probably the prettiest outlaw biker you'll ever see. It's just a superb drama series. It's got so many brilliant actors in it, um, all sorts of strange guest stars, uh, really strong writing. Highly recommended, and of course, it leads into the spin-off series Mayan's MC, which is equally brilliant. Uh, and you can watch that on Foxtel. And I did watch the last of Ozark, and well, a I was disappointed in the ending, but b I think it probably just leaves the door open for another series, so that's a good thing. And that's what I've been watching.
1: Thank you, sir. I have been watching Big Brother on 7 and I'm I'm really just loving that this, this series. I th- I genuinely still think it's one of the best series of all time. Uh, Grand Designs Australia <laughs> on Netflix because I'm almost 50 and that's apparently what you do now <laughs> when you're almost that. 10 50.
3: <laughs> Look at um, how things have changed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen the final episode now of the Time Traveler's Wife the new series on binge which I believe episode 1 has now dropped on binge. And seriously, what a great show. Seriously, do yourself a favour, watch this show. I I just really adore it. Uh, I found myself watching My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman and Billie Eilish. I'm not going to watch the Will Smith one. I'm not interested in what that man has to say. Uh, That's on Netflix. Um, My friend, when I was down in Sydney, has Paramount Plus, and I actually watched Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And this... Was a superb series and is enough to make me consider getting Paramount Plus. It's a cracker. So, Paramount Plus is playing a smart game with using the Star Trek franchise to drive subscribers. It may actually work on me, unless my good mates at Ten want to give me a free subscription.
2: (laughs) 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 Crickets.
4: No. Okay. Ring
2: the bell. Uh,
1: (laughs) And and this afternoon. I found myself watching a show on the ABC called Tenable. Uh, It's very bad. It certainly (laughs) won't be giving Tipping Point or The Chase a run for its money. It's hosted by um, Warwick Davies. And we've all heard Warwick Davies speak in the Ricky Gervais shows. But he yeah. likes to speak like this, you're, you're playing tenable, And he rolls his R's and he's, it feels like he's trying to be what he thinks a game show host should be. And the conceit of it is that basically it's almost like Family Feud where there are 10 things, uh, you know, it might be the 10 films Leonardo DiCaprio did in between 2000 and 2010 and you've got to try and list them and... It, it, it's like a period... It's terrible. Bro, uh, isn't every
3: game show host doing their version of what they think a game show host sounds like? Hmm. How's that for an existential question?
1: It's very deep. Um, I tell you what, I want to have a go at hosting tipping point Oh, I love that game.
4: Oh, I, I love, love that show. Love <laughs> that I'm a bit of a fan. What too.
1: a pointless
2: show! <laughs> oh, no, love I love it.
1: I love it. And it, the oh. gambler in me is it going to tip over? Which one do you go down? Oh,
2: um, I love
4: that
3: show. Oh, I'd love the to UK be guy, guy movie. that hosts it has no personality. <laughs> well, that's why
4: i would be perfect. <laughs> 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 Hang on, you don't watch it enough, Malt. Sometimes that guy yeah. obviously had a massive night. The night <laughs> <laughs> <that laughs> show. <laughs> yes.
1: And he gives everyone a kiss. I'm not keen on that. <laughs> He's very touchy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> not saying anything.
5: I'll cut that out. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, what have you been watching? Well, I watched a series called. Cake. Let me tell you all about that. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I didn't watch that show. I'm never going to watch it. But, um, let no, me no, ad- but you don't understand. Oh, you yeah. see two briefcases, <laughs> and one of them will
1: be
0: cake. Ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. But is yeah.
2: it cake?
5: Yeah. Oh. No, not watching that. um Philip, I just wanted to say I he's actually. Think you understand the show? Oh yeah, I don't.
2: Um, Very complex. I'm um, listening, Philip.
5: Phil, has been watching one of my, fa- which is my favourite show of all time, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, it's a great series, um, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. It literally is my favourite show. Now, um, what I've been watching is, and I'm a bit annoyed at Channel 9, but this is going to be a backhanded com- um, compliment coming, so don't worry. So Celebrity Apprentice. Now, I, d- I don't know why they brought it back last year. It never used to rate well. I don't think it's a multiple night show. It's not my cup of tea. But Matthew Simmons wrote a, a positive piece on Celebrity Apprentice um, for TV Blackbox, and I also interviewed one of the the celebs so i thought well you know (laughs) i better watch a few episodes so i know what i'm talking about so i watched episode one it was bitchy but but they raised over six hundred thousand dollars for charity then episode two um was was it like a disaster episode where everyone failed and then episode three i was like literally crying um about the wellness retreat episode and episode four was great it's so addictive um that the only reason I'm not liking Nine now is because I have to add an extra three to four hours a week of TV. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually really good. So there you go. That was a backhanded compliment to to Nine. Um, I also watch Million Dollar Murders um, on Nine. I I, I just don't know why people find, and I I do too, you know, murders and all that so fascinating. Uh, You know, obviously they do because, you know... I can
1: recommend a podcast... (laughs) It's <laughs> it called monsters who murder for Ring the Yeah, and it's, bell. A, it's available as a video now too. Oh. Ding 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 ding. ding. But yeah, it it is quite. Oh my god,
5: is, everyone's giving me the bell. <laughs> it is quite interesting. Um, and of course, Big Brother loving their housemates, just mm. enjoying the show. Obviously, chatting to the housemates after they get evicted, and it's really interesting. You know, like obviously, you obviously, don't see everything on the show because they're, they're putting through an hour. You know, an mm. hours of content for 24 hours or sometimes even more. So when the housemates are telling you about all of this stuff, you're thinking, you never saw that. They're saying, I had a huge connection. I'm best friends with so-and-so. Yes. And you just don't see that on screen at all. So Because yeah. it's not
1: Big Brother. It's the reality version, the dramatised version of Big Brother. And that is the difference. There, Where the producers are choosing their narratives and the like, but I still like it. And mm. Aaron, those interviews have been great. The stuff I'm learning from the contestants, if you're a Big Brother fan... Those interviews, are, you get so much out of them. Good job, mate.
5: Thank you. know, no, it, It's been good and learning a bit more. So, yeah, you find out a bit more and then when you watch the next episode, it's like, oh, yeah, I can sort of see this connection now and you start looking for things, so it's good.
2: All right. Robbo, what have you been watching? Well, I've got to admit I've been really into the election, so a lot of election coverage across the networks plus on Twitter as well. So I've just been filling those in with uh, a little bit of Modern Family still and a bit of 30 Rock, That's to me.
1: I do the same kind of thing, mate. Go Mm -hmm. to sleep watching uh, Big Bang Theory. I have now gotten to the final episode and I realise I don't like the storyline in the last season where um, uh, Sheldon and Amy. Spoilers, Rob.
4: Well. Ended about 20 years ago. Good point.
1: Good point. No, No, Rob has a spoiler storyline. Monk's being uh, a smart ass, but I cop it.
4: Psycho. I cop
1: it. And speaking of pain in the ass, Monk. Oh, no, no one else called
3: him that. Uh, <laughs> Mark, what have you been watching? Hi, Rob. Um, Love you. I, I finished <laughs> off Halo and Paramount Plus and and just so angry. I'm so angry about what they did with that show. It could have been so much more. Um, I've also finished Out of Range on Prime Video, the Josh Brolin Western sci-fi uh, story. Damn. That was some good stuff. I really hope we get a season 2 out of that. Uh finished Moon Knight on Disney Plus and what, thought that was a What wonderful, is that? It's a it's a superhero story about a guy who turns into a like effectively a mummy no, because I, I
1: just keep seeing it around but I haven't investigated it. That's my only reason for Six asking.
3: episodes, good thinking, excellent performance from um, Oscar Isaac who plays the the central character. Um it's it's really it's really quite good, but it's okay. if you're not into superheroes, don't do it. I love uh, my superheroes. Good. Well, I recommend that's on Disney Plus. I mm-hmm. watched the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie on Disney <laughs> oh, Plus that came that. out on Friday night. It yeah. is a modern day Roger Rabbit. Super oh. funny. Really See, great. See, I John- heard
0: I heard Chip and Dales and I just thought male dances.
3: <laughs> John Mullaney and Eddie Sandberg play the little rodents. Uh, and Sarah.
1: These are the ones with nuts. Oh, hang on, that doesn't
5: work. <laughs> oh, this is oh, yeah. They
3: play the little rodents <laughs> who have, um, you know, been basically broken up and gone on with their lives after their great careers. They're drawn back in, they have to solve another case. It's brilliant fun. And there are so many cameos of different cartoon characters uh, and oh. other humans. It's really funny. It's the, the notion is that cartoon characters and human people live in the same world. And they just work Hollywood. so in like Roy- Roger Rabbit, like everybody. So that's else. Not a new concept. No, that's what I mean. It's a modern day Roger Rabbit. I said it that. It sounds at the top. great. It is really great, and everyone can watch it. There's just heaps and heaps of jokes for like mum and dad. Uh, so I recommend that. Uh, Better Call Saul finished up today on stand. The first part of the final season. There's another six or seven or eight episodes to come. Damn, that has been phenomenal. Uh, the two quick ones that I want to deliver as my absolute tippity top tips. Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt on Paramount+. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Completely bingeable, just back to back to back to back. So engaging, a great story. It's written by the same guys that write billions. Um, It's going to be an anthology series, so next time it'll be some other, um, someone who did something um, all about the rise and fall of Travis Kalanick, the guy who created Uber. Uh, That was really, really good. The thing that I know, just about everybody will want to rush off and watch. The same people that made Love on the Spectrum that aired here uh, for two seasons on the ABC have made a US version. Uh, and I have what's watched, that
1: on? Because I saw that pop up somewhere.
3: It's on Netflix. The US yeah. version is on Netflix. As as now are the first two ABC series are on Netflix as well. So much heart, so much generosity, um, and so much. Just life that these people that are on varying points of the spectrum live, to see them want to search for love, let alone their actual search take place, is heartwarming. I am a big softie. I cried at least four times. It's just excellent television. So Love on the Spectrum, the US version on Netflix. Those producers could have saved their money and just filmed TV black box recording. Yeah, except that there's many, 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 many unkind things I say right
0: There's now. no love on this, on this.
3: I
1: was making a joke that we're all on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I'll cut that out because that dropped like an anvil. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jesus. everything I've been watching, Rob. Thank you, Mark. And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Don't forget, for all the latest news on what's happening in the industry, go where people in the TV industry get their news, and that's tvblackbox.com.au. Philip Kosh, you can see his work this week in New Idea, his tribute to Caroline Jones. Sarah Monaghan will be on your screens on A Current Affair on Thursday night. Robbo, Aaron, and Malk, and myself, well, you won't find us anywhere. <laughs> You'll find us on Twitter, maybe. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week right here on TV Blackbox.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.